What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, when you're at a conference, conference is probably not the right word for it. It was a mastermind, right? It was a small intimate group that you and I got to spend time with 20, 25 like-minded people in Nashville, where the goal of the event was, how are we going to focus our attention over the next 12 to 24 months to build 200% of our passive income needs? Meaning we want to cover our monthly expenses, not just once, but twice. Yeah, that's an interesting concept because that's next level, right? We talk about this on the show, all these different ideas, all these different pathways to get to 100% of your expenses covered by month, by passive income. That's true financial freedom. But for this group that we were at, we were pushing even beyond that limit. Well, you think about it and what, what does that take? That it takes intense focus. It also, it, it takes intense motivation from people around you who are doing that, right? Exactly. If you're the only one that's going to push forward to 200%, it's highly unlikely. Today I was working out at the gym. Normally I go with two of my close friends. They're out of town, bro. And I I follow this regiment that's put together for us. And I look back at some of the numbers that I did last week, the week before. Well, I'm by myself. Do you think that I pushed to try to get the highest numbers in those in each set that I was no, doing? Not even close. No, no, because when left to your own devices to be solo, you don't do it. I think there was a quote from our event that said, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And I think that that was a good value from, from this event. I, I'm super excited to, to share today's podcast episode with you because it's just another thing that you and I have been utilizing to become financially free to get to that first hundred percent in the conversation on ATM. What are they going to learn today as they as they listen, Joe? Well, I mean, if you've never heard about investing in ATMs, you're going to learn just some of the basics, right? Like how to get involved. How do you uh, make sure that there's money in the ATM? Do you have to carry around a big sack of cash and a gun uh, around town or does somebody else handle that for you? And I love the idea that you're going to get from Mark of how this fit into his overall plan to get him to financial freedom, which by the way, you and I have 100% benefited from his plan, right? Him being able to walk away from being a pilot full time to join our team because this is what he's passionate about. That is a, a story within a story that I think will inspire you and also show you that there is a pathway to get to where you want to be. Well, there's, um, what, what is, what is our friend Mark Podolsky, the Langeek say there's a, a barn for every pig, right? <laughs> or a pig for every barn, which is basically there's a, an opportunity for each profile. And today yes. is just another opportunity, whether it fits your investor DNA or not. We don't know the answer to that, but come in, listen to uh, us as we, as we have fun, we break this down in a, 
in a low uh, barrier way, but we also enjoy that we get to learn a concept that has helped one of our friends become financially free. So Joey, let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable. I am one of your hosts, Russ, the Idea Guy Morgan. I am sitting literally around a table today with four of us. Mark, you're across the way, just a little bit further away. I wish you would be here with us in Nashville. Today's topic, though, you're going to be kind of the key guy. So I'm going to start off with you. The man, the resident pilot, the person we say that can get you home safely to financial freedom, Mark the Gooch. How are Gucci? How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, yes, I am on the other side of the continent. Uh, but yeah, I am there in digital spirit. Well, m- maybe the widest roundtable we've had today. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's more of like a kind of like a teardrop bulb now since you got you four of you guys there and I'm I'm the one lone point on the uh, West Coast right now. That, that's OK. I, I think it's fitting, though, since today's topic is how did Mark buy 48 ATMs and why. So just a teaser, give me give me a little bit of what we're going to learn today and into your story. What we're going to talk about today, we're 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 going to kind of scratch the surface of, you know, how how did I stumble upon this? Why was it a fit for what I was trying to do and what actually is my strategy with them? And and how are they they helping move me closer to that financial freedom finish line? And is this some sort of scheme for you to launder money? <laughs> that was going to be no, my first question. No, I, I am not. Stealing my lines. Uh, yeah. He just yeah. laughs. <laughs> well, notice right, it, Aaron, it's, get, it's, get, it's get, not get, how did I get 48 laundromats. That, so I can't that's, that's right. Car exactly. washes. I would love that. That would be amazing. All right, Ern, tell me um, your first take on today's topic. Well, 48 ATM machines. I can only imagine what sort of vehicle Mark has got, what sort of armored vehicle it takes to to carry the cash for 48 ATM machines. Oh. I'm just imagining. All the Benjamins. It's like a Hummer with an exoskeleton of another Hummer. <laughs> it, is what it, I'm imagining. Does it have the two guys from Groundhog's Day driving that truck? That's what I want. Yes. And their kids. <laughs> Facts. And, and, and by the way, I did such a horrible job introducing you into the show. So thank you, Downtown Ernie Brown, for, for giving us the first take. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. To, to your right, my partner, the man, the legend, the one who actually has his Italian stallion license plate on his truck. I could see it. I just saw it. Mr. Joey Murray. How, how are you today, Joey? Man, never better. This is uh this is an amazing opportunity to, uh, I mean, just, just the place that we're recording this right now will make you salivate. Can we even disclose? Is this an undisclosed location? It is undisclosed. It is, yes. Uh, But it is a private studio that is better than any studio we will ever own. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in Nashville, you have to go to a music producing studio. Yeah, it's it's like when in Rome. Exactly. What do you do in Rome? 
what the Romans do. Eat gelato? <laughs> Absolutely. Pasta? Gelato. What? The pasta. The Italian Italian, I thought maybe you're gonna give us something. Yeah, I mean you get you gotta eat all the stuff that the Romans eat. Okay. All right, well, I'm 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 off of you. You're boring. <laughs> Let me get to the million dollar smile, Mr. Incredible, JD Hill. How are you today, JD? I'm really well. Something that I don't know if our viewers know. Um you're really tall in person. And uh I am glad to be sitting next to you. Uh because uh, and, and being an actual or across from a round table, this is good. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Then and I, if you're lucky, I'll actually play one of these later for you. I would I would love that. You're talking. You're speaking to the guitar. One yep. of the fifteen guitars around. I'll this? let you pick one. Okay, I don't think I probably can, but I will. Dealer's choice. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know I was intimidating to you. I didn't say you were intimidating. I just wanted the viewers to know that you're tall. I'm tall. Yeah, and I'm not. We've been we've, <laughs> we we we've we've seen each other in person before. You're right. I'm just excited to be here. Like I don't get to be with you guys all the time, <laughs> and I'm here, and I'm like, this is great. Mm. It's the first time. It's My the first social time. traits really coming out right this, now. This is like the first it. time we've been on a podcast side by side. It's true. Wow. I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like y'all are pros at this. I'm not. Well, I don't know about pros, but we definitely do it a lot. All right. So let's let's get into today's topic. Enough of us being together. Yeah, let's talk about Mark. I want to. Yeah, I really just want to hear from Mark. This is a chance for us to just sit back, be quiet. It's not something I'm good at. But Nor will you do. It. You will yeah. not. You will actually not be quiet. Okay. Well, before we get to Mark, JD, yeah. what's your thoughts of today's topic? Well, I have a couple. One, Mark, do your ATMs give singles uh, and small unmarked bills? And are you a drug lord? That's the first thing that comes <laughs> to your mind. The first thing that comes to mind is mm. do your ATMs give uh, small uh, denominations? Uh, and are you a drug lord? Because why else would you own 48 ATMs? Yeah, that's a very valid question from someone who like they want to get into the drug lording business. Um, yeah, the, 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 the size and denomination of the dollars that come out of the ATMs, I have no idea. I have no control, nor do I care. Um, I can only imagine it's it's 20s since, since that's what they like to spit out. Um, and and it's, no, it's, it's easier. Like it would take a lot more money. You'd have to have a much bigger machine if you're putting singles in that thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that sort of machine. Joey, what's your take? Obviously, you and I took Mark's advice. We we went and did the ATM business ourselves because of Mark. Absolutely because of Mark. And I, so the first thing I think of is I smell passive income. Like it just it it just the it just satiates your your desire. Man, he's got so much passive income coming in. I just can't wait to get into the details. All right. So right right now we're, we're in a house where um, the person who hosted us, um, their family is, in, um, is really engaged in a company called Young Living, right? And the first time I met him, I was at an event and, my, and I was going to speak at it. My wife said, hey, when you're there doing your talk, did you know that Young Living has an oil called money? You ought to diffuse that as you do your talk and i was like that is so stinking lame there's no way i would do that and then i just shared it with jordan like off the, we were at dinner one night and i was like you know my wife was telling me i should have diffused the thing money like that's so stupid he goes that would have been awesome dude <laughs> so when you just said that you smell passive income that's the first thought that came out of mind it's like we should have like a diffuser in here with the with the smell of money oil man i i prefer the uh 
the candle that he had burning in here over that. But you yeah, think? Have I'm, you ever I'm smelled money? It. I'm open to it. I mean, I, I'm imagining as Mark just sits next to one of his ATMs as is spitting out twenties. Yes. And all he can see is transactions fees coming across the thing, and he can just smell that 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 paper burning. Like no doubt. Yeah. All right, so Mark, let's let's break down for those who are hearing the ATM story for the first time. How and why did you get a fifty some odd ATMs? So I was that I stumbled upon this by listening to a podcast. Um, the the group that I work with was actually being interviewed, and I was outside washing my car as the podcast was playing because you know why waste your time just washing a car. When you can actually get something done while you're doing it. So I'm listening to this super podcast. efficient. Mark is super efficient. Yeah. You know, well, it would have been even more efficient if I would have actually paid someone else to wash the car. But <laughs> but, I, but I didn't have the level of passive income that I that I do from said ATM machines. So so I'm out there washing the car and I'm listening to this and I go, wow, that actually sounds really fascinating. And I know that there's ATM fees because, you know, traveling as a pilot for work, every now and then you get stuck somewhere and you need some cash and you go to the ATM machine and you see, you know, 250, 350, depending on the establishment, how much that transaction is going to be. And I was out with a group of coworkers and we're at the bar. It's, it's karaoke. And I see one of our group and she's like, oh, I need to go get some more money. And I'm thinking, uh, okay. She goes to the corner of the bar to the grungy ATM machine sitting in the corner pulls out some cash. And I said, how much was that ATM fee that you just paid? She said, I don't know. And I'm like, bingo. This Sold. is going to work. <laughs> because ATM machines are not necessarily for every single demographic, but there is a large demographic that does use ATM machines for either convenience or they're unbanked or whatever the circumstance is, maybe their actual ATM that they use, their banking institution is not in the area, which I've been a victim of. And so they need some cash and they go and get it. And I said, I see this working now. It doesn't work necessarily for like my parents. When I explained it to them, they said, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I said, yeah, when was the last time you used an ATM? Never. All right, perfect. Doesn't work for you. <laughs> you are not my target audience. And so there is an audience that uses this and I've seen it and I'm like, wow. All right, let's, let's give it a go. You know, I did a little more research on the company, on the group. Um, did kind of what we talked about last time, you know, you, you, you type in the name of the group or the person and you put scam, you know, hoax, lawsuit, anything you want after it. And I didn't find anything at that time. And so I was pleasantly surprised and I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. So I've got about two and a half years of track record so far. And by the way, just as a disclaimer, we're not giving advice for finding to saying, go do said investment right right that this is just a, a really interesting story because without you mark having shared this story with joey and i we wouldn't have understood what it was we wouldn't have went and investigated it and and participated in ourselves so joey i think we've missed the basics of this what is actually happening here what is give us what one person what we did and what is happening from what we did so at the very baseline, um, we have bought into a fund of six ATM machines. I still say it's seven. You say six. Well, we're gonna have to. Mark argue. brought up his actual invoice that showed six ATMs yesterday. Well, that's his, day. but not ours. I'm just saying. I believe it was six. Anyway, does it really matter? 
It doesn't because it we, will later when we, I prove you wrong. We bought in a fund of various and sundry ATMs. These are placed in areas where people will use them. They're properly managed, filled with cash, whatever, by our management company. And from that, we obtain, in our case, this $2,185. It's 84. $2,184 per month. And it is a seven-year time frame in which we will receive that money, at which point the ATMs will have been essentially depreciated enough to where there's, you know, the technology behind it needs to be retired. So, so, so we put in a little over $100,000 just spitting out twenty one eighty four a month, every right. single month like clockwork. I forgot that detail. Yes. For the, nev- for the next seven years. Yes. And as you said, at the end, there's very little left, right? But what was the purpose? Why did we do it? Because we like passive income. You've got to take money, right? How many people, J.D., Ernie, do you guys talk to that call into the show who say, I need passive income. I need to create passive income. I have a lump sum of cash, and I'm trying to figure out what to do, right? And you walk them through our passport, our Pathfinder challenge. You're helping them understand who they are as an investor, right? And there's certain people who want to get into a business, and they want to get involved and hands-on and engaged. And maybe they look at land flipping. Maybe they look at the short-term rental business. And then there's others who their their risk tolerance for business is actually pretty low, right? They 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 don't um, have that that trait to go drive toward being an owner of something. They're looking for more of a done-for-you option, and and they start resonating more with the turnkey type things that exist. And they hear our show and they hear something like this. And while you're not going to say you should do this or not, you're helping them see from what their investor DNA says, whether or not this is something that they should look into, right? But it, what does it do? It takes a lump sum of cash and it turns into a cash flow. There's many things that do that. This is just one. What are some of those conversations you're having with people, Ernie, that, that's coming up around things like this? Well, it's the, it's the trade-off. Some people have got a lot of access to cash and no time. Some people have got little access to cash at the moment and need to devote some of their time to these activities. So this type of an investment would be a not necessarily a personality fit, but just a, a practical fit for the person who is saying, I've got all this capital locked away in this place and I'm not happy with what it's earning. And we see a model where you put in a, a little over 100 and it's going to create a little over 20 grand a year. And if you're pleased with that sort of return, uh, but more importantly, that cash flow every single month, then this would be a type of thing that would be good for you. I just read this comment. It was so drawing joy. I wanted to share it. I realized that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. That's exactly how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, Dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, no, baby, I have to go to work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money, join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. J.D., who's this not a fit for? Oh, I mean, it's it's not a fit for somebody that doesn't have the capital, right? So our podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago, you got to have money you know, yeah. to do this one. 
you can't just use experience, uh, which I still say is number one, but you have to have money, <laughs> right, for, for, for this one. So for the folks that don't have enough cash saved, this would not be uh, a good fit for that person. Who, who, who said that someone might need money to do deals? I don't remember don't there remember. being somebody on our show. I just like to that. point out that this is an opportunity that we're looking at. <laughs> you need this opportunity. Yeah. We're, we're referring to a podcast we did recently about the five things. It was technically, I think the title was four <laughs> things that you need to get involved in the passive income. And we came up with five different ones. And so you, yeah, in this example, you need cash, right? Yeah. Mark, there's a, there's other qualifications for someone to get involved in something like this. Yeah, you need to be an accredited investor due to the nature of what's actually going on in this specific event it requires a it, it's it's a security so therefore the government got involved the securities exchange commission and therefore you need to be an accredited investor which is just a fancy way of them saying uh, we want to restrict access because we think if you have a certain level of money then that makes you smarter than everybody else which I don't necessarily agree with. It's just a barrier of entry. Well, in an accredited investor status says that either I make $200,000 a year and half for the last two years and will into the foreseeable future, or me and my spouse makes have a household income of at least 300000 or I have a million dollars in net worth excluding my primary residence. And like you said, there, there's reasons and that they've restricted that access to those who don't meet that qualification. But as it relates to the hierarchy of wealth, Joey, where would you put ATM investing on the hierarchy of wealth? It, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I would say it's more on the collateral side because you do have a physical machine that backs each one of these cash flows. The problem is it is depreciating. It's almost like a car or something like that it loses value over time. So it's not like a piece of real estate that would increase over time, uh, but it would be, that's where I would put it. I, I may say that it would be actually somewhat in the collateral space, somewhat in the speculation space, right? Because to some degree, what, what are we speculating on? That people are going to keep using ATMs and using cash. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And now we all probably say that's a, a, probably a good bet, right? But we don't know for certain. True. That's true. So there's one of those things where I think it's in between. So the point to me asking that question is, is this the first place someone should start whenever they're looking to create passive income? No, this should not be the first place. Mark, this wasn't the first place you started. No, no, this was a down the road, get some uh, get some educational moments along the way from some other things. So I started with long term rentals and, you know, if had I had an investor DNA, you know, two, three, four, ten years ago, I would have known more about myself sooner. But by the time this investment came around, for me, I knew I'm just too lazy to manage something all on my own. And I am all too happy to admit that. And so this was about as close to hands off as I could get. So it fit what I was trying to do at that time. And when you talk about your investor DNA, break that down. Why do you, what, what is your investor DNA? And you said lazy. I don't think that that's true. I know, I know you too well. You're, you're not lazy. You're constantly at work doing something, not necessarily at work, right? Like you and Joey, I think, are, are amazing at vacations. But they, <laughs> what is it about gift. your specific investor DNA does this resonate with the most? 
Well, this one resonates with with me for it. On paper, it makes perfect sense. And when I've seen it in action, it makes perfect sense. So I am a logical C. So I tend towards the the, the calculating the quote, you know, I, I want to be correct in my investment. And so looking at it, seeing it apply, thinking about it logically, looking at the different demographics that this specifically touches, it made perfect sense for me, and especially from my investment style, which is more hands-off, which is more turnkey approach. Well, Mark, as a pilot, right, you're trained to think of all the contingencies, right? You're building redundancy in everything. What are some of the redundancies that you see and ATM investing? So for me, the way that I evaluated it was I needed scale. I needed scale for this to really fit my my, my plan of uh, emergencies. So if everything was to go sideways and I lose it, okay, well, I, I think the question you always have to ask yourself with any investment, and the one I ask myself is, can I walk away from this? Can I put it in and walk away and have that not impact my life, my day-to-day life? Am I still going to be able to put food on the table? Am I still going to keep the roof over my head? So that's how I approach my investments from the first part. That's my ultimate, you know, if both engines quit on a two-engine airplane, where am I going to put this thing down? Am I still going to get it on the ground? And that's that one. The next part was, okay, well, if we're thinking maybe digital currency, right, because we got to think of all the things that can go wrong, how long is it going to take for one machine to break even by itself? To get that thing paid off, to get my about, money. Back. It's about 49 months, right? Yep. So, okay. Do I think we're going to go to digital currency in the next 49 months? Probably not. It could. I think it will eventually, but I don't, I think I'll be able to get my money back out. So that's if another going to digital currency. I'm just hoping it's Bitcoin or Ethereum. I, I echo that. <laughs> He's banking on it. No pun intended. All right. Ernie, you're, you're, super skeptical right you're you, you and mark um kind of see things with a very pointed eye what's your skepticism of the atm business well of of this particular style because i'm i'm with mark the c cautious like you're saying this is this one is really about relationships because you turn over the cash you're sure you trust that the machine is a quality product you trust that the placement of the machine is is well done. Uh, you trust that the people managing those machines are doing a great job. And uh, it doesn't seem like uh, the people in these funds really even know where their, where their stuff's at, uh, nor do they seem to really care. And I think that's fine, but for the cautious, critical type, you got to make sure that you're really solid on that relationship in this model. Now, in the ATM space, what we've talked about with the cashless society okay that's one thing uh, but we do know a few people who manage their own atm machines that they've purchased their own they've negotiated where those could be placed they restock the cash and so i, I think that probably more in line with being able to have being able to to have your hands on it a little bit more control for someone like me someone like mark you know i think that's a that's a benefit too Stallion, as we start to wrap up, what are your your final thoughts in the ATM space? Are, are we going to buy more machines in the future? We we have six or I say seven machines. 
are, are we going to add to our passive income report through more ATM machines in the future, do you think? I think it's very possible. Um, I think I would want to do more research. I, I think in light of what Mark's saying, it is a time, you know, there's a, there's a time limit that we need to be considering um, this retiring and or making sure that future ATM machines would would be somehow usable in a digital currency you know space i don't know what that would look like because i'm not you know i can't really think like that but i'm thinking if the future of that was already kind of considered i'd be interested what's the most exciting thing to you about this investment for us i i like the the kind of the addition of just seamless, brainless kind of cash flow and massive tax deductions. Like in the very first year, being able to depreciate the entire um, purchase to me was, that was huge because it just totally takes your, uh, your returns through the roof. And it, it shortens that time frame in which you have to get the, the, the results back. So JD, I know you're not a tax professional, but Jody, Joey's talking about ways to reduce the expense. You've invested in a lot of real estate deals. When he's when he's bringing up bonus depreciation and ways to write off an investment, clearly that's got to enhance it, right? So, outside of that or anything that's been talked about, what what are your pros or cons to this? As you sit back and I know you haven't done it yet, so. What would make you want to do it, and what are the things that you're more cautious on as well? Uh, well, just to give you guys a plug for those of y'all listening, y'all go out and use an ATM because uh, you could be supporting, you know, uh, Joey, Russ, or Mark here. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. The the ones with the highest fees, the better. Yeah. <laughs> would you guys be able to point people to which where where they should go in the yeah. in the world? To no, use I think we ones? already said that we don't know where those things are. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a chance. So just pick one and in good faith, this is benefiting <laughs> That's right. somebody. That's right. right. It's just, it's all about awareness. That's what we're trying to do is bring awareness back to ATM machines, right? Yeah. Like I, I know you've again. been to one, you're in college, you're trying to get that hot dog on the stand right outside the bar, or you're at the casino and yep, you were down 300, but you're going to get it right back. <laughs> you just got to get some cash. Just, at, just go back. Just at, think at that. At Auburn, way. they had hot dog stands outside the bar. They did, man. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing worse than eating a hot dog at 1:30 a.m. I mean, just gut bomb. It, but you will do it. You will Pure do it and bomb. regret it and all the Long Island iced teas that you yeah. drink. In, in Texas, we just went to Whataburger. Um, but I, so um, the the pros, I I think because again, people you know need cash. Um, so getting access to cash. Uh, I think every ATM now even charges fees. Uh, even if it's where you bank, they charge a fee, I feel like, because banks charge fees. <laughs> Things that, are, that I think are interesting to, to pay attention to are, you know, we're, we're going in terms of crypto and uh, in that particular space. And so if we became an all cashless society uh, sooner rather than later, that would obviously create some sort of a barrier there of getting some sort of capital back. So that's important. Um, I think something that's also interesting is, is this was all benefit, but it wasn't the reason why you did it is the the depreciation. I think oftentimes people make decisions where they let the tax tail wag the dog. Mm. 
right? Where they make a decision solely due to tax purposes, not because of the overall benefit of how it fits into their, into their overall plan. Totally. Uh, and that wasn't y'all's play here, right? That was just an, a, oh, by the way, you also get this. Yeah, I mean, the, made it the, sweeter. the, the cash yeah, flow on the investment itself it's was worth percent, which but, is huge. But then when you, you can reduce your investment expense, yeah, 20, 30 percent right off the top, then now that, you know, ROI is even enhanced or improved, it, it to me is a, it is definitely, I'm saying it's up there, right? Like my nature, my investor DNA is to run a business. Like I would like to like find a hundred locations that I could build the relationships with and, and then pay somebody to go around and stuff them with cash and just bring me back the money, right? Like I, that, that would like really fill me up. This is one of those where Mark had been doing it. He had proved us that it worked very well. We did some research on our own based upon our own background, you know, understanding of what's going on. So I don't know, be honest, Joe, I don't know if I'm, I'm in, like I got an email the other day, Hey, new opportunity to get in the fund. I don't know if I would do it or not just because I'm not filled up personally. You're more hands on. I'm definitely more like Mark in the fact of, I like the, the hands off nature of it for yeah. sure. Well, hopefully we gave you some insight into this concept of investing in ATMs. Thank you, Mark, for being willing to share your example and, and your you. success. Exactly. Well, congratulations I mean, on your success. And thank you for not being a drug lord, by the way. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. you didn't actually confirm or deny that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah we're not. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's premature, Joey. That's another podcast. That's another big podcast. On labels. I, I, I think labeling is bad. I don't want to be pigeonholed into a corner. <laughs> Well, we've got to get into the inner circle. I know we have plenty of questions for those who are listening live. If you're not a member of the inner circle, you need to be. And it's really easy. You actually can join uh, via wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. There is a seven-day free trial. Am I right? That's right. And th in there, you can get access to recordings of the Q&As that happened just like this one. But more importantly, we said it at the very beginning, we were talking before we press play, that we're in Nashville right now. We're, we're about to be a part of a, a passive income mastermind. The, the benefit of a mastermind is the collective minds together, but more importantly, I think it's the collective motivation of those who have a common goal. And the inner circle's goal is to create passive income greater than your monthly expenses. And you're probably looking around and you're not finding a lot of your friend group who is as interested in this as you are, right? And it's because when you go talk to them about infinite banking, you go talk to them about passive income, they look at you like you have a third eyeball and they're saying, well, why are you not just putting money in your 401k like the rest of us? You're saying, well, because I want to retire before I'm 75. I realize that that is a broken system, right? Like that's not the model. Well, you need to be a part of a group who's helping motivate you. So be a part of the inner circle because not only do you get practical examples, but also you get the collective motivation of those in there. And you get to see the examples of people who are becoming financially free, who are able to leave their jobs, who are able to help their spouses leave their jobs because of the knowledge and the action that is being taken. So if you found this episode interesting, please share it with someone that you know. Please rate and review the show. That's how people who don't know about Wealth Wild Wall Street find it because they're looking on their apps and they're looking for top-rated podcasts that relate to financial freedom. And when you rate and review our show, it pops up. So we really appreciate you doing that. As always, have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.